You're listening to SBS News. I heard a shout and looked back. Flames were towering over the top of the truck, licking one side. Ted was yelling for everyone to get in. As I ran back towards them, flames roared across the track in front of me. Suddenly, I was trapped behind a sheet of fire with no way to reach the truck and I watched as it took off to safety with one hose still dragging behind. I looked around, fighting the rising panic and trying to work out if I had any options. The hillside was now burning and on the opposite side of the track, the flanks of the fire were racing to join up with the new fires. That's Greg Mullins reading an extract from his book Firestorm, which looks back at a career that goes back to the 1970s. As a former Commissioner of Fire and Rescue New South Wales, he's seen firsthand the impact of fires and changing weather events on the Australian landscape. And it's a family profession. His father, Jack, was a volunteer firefighter with the Terry Hills Rural Fire Service for 61 years. I grew up in the northern suburbs of Sydney, um, very leafy area, surrounded by national parks, and every summer there'd be orange glows in the hills at night because there'd be fires burning all over the place, and uh, often my dad would be missing because he'd be out as a volunteer firefighter fighting one of those fires. The Mullins family lived right across the road from the local rural fire service shed. Exploring the local bushland helped connect Greg Mullins to nature in a way most Australians don't get to experience. Dad used to get me to watch what the ants were doing and when they started to swarm, he'd say, well, look, mate, um, that means that in a week or so, within a week, it's going going to rain. So he'd really watch them carefully. He watched the seasons. um, Different trees would flower at different times and remember one particular type of wattle if it flowered early in about August, September, he'd say, look, we're going to have a hot summer and uh, we're probably going to get big fires this year. And he'd be able to pick when the big fire seasons were coming. He says the local rural fire service was central to the community and for the Mullins family, a second home. My first big fire was 1971 with Dad. There was a big fire threatening the local area. Um, So I was a volunteer through high school years and then... As soon as I finished my high school certificate, went and applied for the full-time fire brigade and I'm full circle, I'm back as a volunteer now. After moving through the ranks, Greg Mullins was appointed as Assistant Commissioner in 1996, the youngest person to hold this position before becoming Commissioner in July 2003, a role he held until retiring in January 2017. Over his time with the fire services, he's seen firefighting evolve. Changes in technology and, you know, of course, the equipment is much better, the protective gear, the training is much better, but a lot of cultural changes. um, And one of the changes I brought in with Fire and Rescue New South Wales was 50-50 male-female recruitment because we really lacked diversity in many different ways. It impacted on the culture in a negative way. And so I've seen how that culture has now changed for the better. Um, The service reaches out more, does more proactive prevention work and community safety work. Other changes in his time included the gradual introduction of firefighting aircraft and the use of thermal and infrared imaging at night. But other developments haven't been so positive. In the environment, the changes were even bigger. 
And I just noticed over the years how the fire seasons were getting slightly longer, um, starting earlier, finishing later. There was less time to do hazard reduction burning because it would get too hot and windy um, and the fires would get away. And from the mid-90s, it was very clear that something major was going on in, in the environment. The weather started getting hotter and the fires bigger. Terms such as fire tornadoes and ember storms began making their way into mainstream Australian vocabulary. It was at around this time that Greg Mullins travelled on a Churchill Fellowship to the United States, Canada, France and Spain, talking to bushfire authorities overseas about their work. It was at this time he was also first exposed to emerging scientific papers about climate change and the way these changes were affecting fire seasons around the world. We've got aircraft, we've got great equipment, we've got more technology than we've ever had, but we're losing. We're losing more homes. How can this be? Something's stacked against us. And as we learned, it was Mother Nature being prodded and... She's not happy. Climate change warnings and research studies started to paint an increasingly dire picture. The people who first began noticing changes in the environment were those closely linked to it. Farmers, scientists, firefighters, those with traditional Indigenous knowledge and others. For the firefighters, fires were becoming more dangerous and unpredictable, such as the Canberra bushfires in January 2003 and the Black Saturday fires in Victoria in 2009, where 173 people died. He says governments were looking for someone to blame. Governments looked for problems and fire chiefs were sacked or forced to resign and the police chief in Victoria. And frankly, you know, there must be someone to blame. Well, please don't blame the fire and emergency chiefs. They're not the ones who are responsible for putting the carbon dioxide and nitrous oxide and methane in the air. We, we all are. It's, a, it's our problem. It is time to flick the green switch. We have a chance, not simply... The United Nations states that while climate change can be a natural process, scientific research reveals rapid warming is primarily due to burning fossil fuels that generate greenhouse gas emissions. What Greg Mullins saw on the front line prompted him to speak out. I started ringing round in 2019 to former colleagues. I floated the idea of forming an organisation that could lobby for more action, um, preventative actions and more resources for the fire services, but definitely more action on climate. And I only got about two knockbacks, and they were people who were working for the government and said could be a conflict. And I was quite overwhelmed because I thought that I knew there was a variety of political views amongst those people, but every single one of them said, no, we've seen this through our careers. We couldn't speak up when we were employed by governments. Now we can, we must do something. Emergency Leaders for Climate Action was launched on April the 10th in 2019, just months before the disastrous 2019-2020 bushfire season. We tried to warn the Prime Minister from April 2019 that a bushfire catastrophe was coming and we were just (laughs) 
dismissed as troublemakers. Um, we got called all sorts of things by the Deputy Prime Minister. What was it? Raving inner city latte sipping lunatics or something or other. So this is really scary now. Just red everywhere. It's a bit lighter than it was before. But the warnings became reality. The 2019-2020 bushfire season was the worst Australia has ever seen. More than 460 people were killed, three billion animals were killed or displaced and thousands of homes destroyed. In this reading from his book, Greg Mullins describes the intensity of a fire at Hat Hill Road, Blackheath, in the New South Wales Blue Mountains on the 21st of December 2019. Flames were roaring up a steeply wooded slope directly behind a long row of houses on Hat Hill Road. A couple of the houses appeared to be on fire and radio messages suggested that was indeed the case. There must have been about 10 fire trucks from the RFS and Fire and Rescue and firefighters were desperately running out hoses from their trucks and from hydrants down into backyards as quickly as they could. Footage of one of the crews taken at that stage went viral around the world, showing flames dwarfing a two-storey house that was being blasted by an ember storm. Equipment on the back of their truck caught fire, but luckily the crew saw it in time and put it out. Recent research by the University of Queensland analysed data from 25 nationally representative polls conducted between 2009 and 2019 to gauge public opinion on climate change. It found approximately a third of Australians, mainly conservative voters, maintain climate change is not caused by human activity, but rather by natural environmental fluctuations. But the research also found the conservative position against climate science has shifted since 2009. The 2022 election results highlighted this, with the loss of traditional conservative seats to teal independents and Greens who campaigned on climate change action. Greg Mullins says the new Albanese federal government is already offering a very different response to the concerns and recommendations raised by his group. In contrast to the Morrison government, who and the Prime Minister steadfastly refused to even acknowledge our existence, if he did, he was very rude and dismissive towards us. We've stayed ready, willing and able to speak to him and assist in any way, but um, that never happened. Two days after the election, I was contacted by the Energy and Climate Change Minister's office, um, Chris Bowen, saying, could representatives of your group meet with the new minister ASAP? His Emergency Leaders for Climate Action Group says federal and state governments need to spend more before disasters happen rather than after. Greg Mullen says 97% of expenditure in disasters is made after the event, which costs much more in the long run. But the group's main focus is on encouraging more ambitious targets. The government has committed to a 43% reduction in emissions by 2030, but the group wants to see that target increase to 75%. The big thing that we're saying is it's almost futile to invest money in adaptation if we're not um, investing even more in climate, climate mitigation, and that's reducing emissions. 
Greg Mullins says he would like future generations, including his own grandchildren, to experience nature the way he had been lucky enough to as a child. And despite the exposure to danger, trauma and shift work required to work in emergency services, he says he would do it all again. Every day I went to work, even on a quiet day, like a lot of days you'd get to meet people on the worst day of their life and you'd either fix up their problem or you'd help them get through it. I, I just loved that. And I saw Dad, you know, he'd come home black and smoky and I'd start saying, what happened out there, Dad? You know, And you, he was worn out, but you'd just see the smile and he knew that he'd done a good job and he could see the results. You know, the houses still standing. You can't describe to people how wonderful it feels to help a fellow human being. Peggy Giacomelos, SBS News. And you can listen to more episodes in the Change Agent series from your favourite podcaster on the SBS app or your smart speaker.